Hello, friends, and welcome to Pod Return to the Waking Sands. We are a Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast where we explore the lore and story of Hydaelyn and beyond. My name is Jen, and I'm joined by my co-host and researcher. I'm Levi. What is up, Levi? What's up, Jen? Is that we just had a great time going through a couple of hard mode dungeons. We had a real hard time. It was a hard time. In a good way. Yes and yes. Yeah. We killed a bunch of giants, which is sad. It's not okay. It's not okay. But we did it. Um, because we're professionals. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> so um, today we're talking about the Sestasha and Copperbell hard dungeons. Jen, what is a hard dungeon? A hard mode dungeon. So a hard mode dungeon is a remix. So it's a very familiar environment, but the map is not the same. Uh, the mobs are not the same. They're similar. They're adjacent. These, they're all like thematically, you know, in line. Um, but the kind of the the narrative of the new dungeon is different. There's diff- there's new characters, um, and it is obviously an escalation in every respect. Yep. The name hard is not. I would not let that turn you off of them. No. If you go into hard mode, Sestasha, it's not going to be any harder than Amdapur Keep, which is a quote normal dungeon. Hard just means they took an earlier version of the dungeon and made it higher level and did the things that Jen said. So they're keeping it interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's it's not challenge mode. No, it's not like fucking impossible. Like it's you can tell like the difficulty has been ramped up, but it is still completely doable. And um, it's just an interesting iteration. Yep. And um, in terms of the game functions, these are entirely unique dungeons. They're, they're not like you go in and check a weird box to make it hard or whatever. It's just a separate dungeon. It's, it's got its own little bullet point on the dungeon list. It should just be called like new. Like hard is, is a... Yeah, it's stigmatizing I, I it's a in misnomer. a way that is a... Yeah, exactly. Maybe like revisited or evolved. Remix! <laughs> they are also... Oh my God. <laughs> that would also work. They are also a lot of fun. Uh, This was a great time tonight. I hope everyone who joined us had fun as well. It was great. I super appreciate everyone who has joined us um, playing with us on min eye level because it really makes you do the mechanics correctly. um, And (laughs) you can't kind of brute force it with having too good of gear to really worry about mechanics. Everybody has really, they seem to enjoy the fact that it's like, it's a new... It's a new approach to dungeons and, and trials and things that you've done a million times. And so I've, I've certainly enjoyed it. It's it, it feels fresh um, and everybody else seems to ha- approach it in the same way. And it's just been it's been really great because we all we all love the game. and That comes through completely like we're not there to just get money. Yeah. Glams, maybe. But still, our attitudes are good. It's all about the tude. <laughs> yeah. Today, we are trying out a system of talking about two hard mode dungeons in one episode. The thinking being that we've already talked about the story of the dungeon in general. We're talking about what's changed, so um, it might be a bit scant talking about one per episode. We will try it out this time, see how it feels, adjust as needed in the future. That's funny when you say the word scant. There's a a Mystery Science Theater 3000 um, episode that's very popular. It's um, Space Mutiny. And in the in the beginning of the of the movie, one of the characters walks up and he 
gets on a PA system and he talks to the guy. And he's like, I'm sorry that the details are so scanty. Because scanty is not the fucking word. <laughs> it's scant and um, it feels gross. It feels like a disgusting word. Scanty. I also don't like the word panty. I think that's a disgusting word. <laughs> so I, I, I might just not like that combination of vowels and syllables. What about and shanty? Shanty's fine. Well, too Shandy bad because there are no shanties being sung in Sastasha, Jen. No, because everybody's dead. I don't think they're actually dead, they're but undead. more on that in a second. Or undead, actually. More on that in a second. <clears throat> so thank you to listeners Catherine Wolfshead and Rena Chelloway. That's what we agreed upon. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rena was like, I don't know how to pronounce my name. Go crazy. And we're just doing doing it phonetically. We did we did get their blessing. Kathy was on Warrior, and Rena on Summoner. Jen's Rock and Bard as Yuge, <laughs> and then I am still trying to get good at healing on Scholar. You're you're getting there, dude. As implied, the first dungeon of the day is Sestasha Hard. This actually came out pretty late in the A Realm Reborn patch cycle, but we're talking about it first because it's the OG dungeon, so it just feels right. Yeah. We hear about this lead from Blozoing. Oh, no. If anything, it's like Blurzung. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad. Because the O-E is like an R sound. You know, um, so like Mervib Blurfisven, she has that same combination of vowels. But I don't know if there's like, if it's a repeat, does it change? Like Blurtsong, maybe? That sounds better than Blurtsong. One of those. It's, it's, it's a... <laughs> Thank you, Jen, for being It's like a gross the, old candy. You know? The name interpreter. Hey, hand me a licor- licorice flavored Blurtsong. <laughs> Blurtsong is <laughs> a culinarian in Mordona's seventh, seventh Heaven Tavern. And he tells us that someone needs a capable adventurer, none other than hmm. Captain Rayner of the Yellow Jackets. Oh, we know him. We do. I actually don't think we know him unless we play as a Limsa character. Because I don't think we run back into him. That's probably true. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, I, I know him. Well, look at you. I know. <laughs> So we hop back to Limsa and um, head to the Marauders Guild and say, what's up, Rainer? He tells us that after we kicked out the Serpent Reavers from Sestasha and the Yellow Jackets tried to keep it that way, whoops, they fucked up. Pirates are back. Yeah. Yeah. And these pirates are more akin to fiends of the briny depths than normal pirates. Yes. They've already sent one band of adventurers into the dungeon and they just turned back around, said nope, and left. They didn't leave very far. They camped out right outside and then started drinking and and throwing each other under the bus. It's just like a shitty party. Yes. We talked about this. This happened after the normal Sestasha 2 where there's like three groups of adventurers out there and they're just like being the most toxic fucking axles they can be. Uh, would have been better if my healer didn't drop the fucking ball. Like, yeah, well, you just barrel in like an asshole. Yep. You could have killed everybody. And then the, like, there was a, a thaumaturge that actually had some reasonable feedback. Yeah, no, and then like, the bard guys, was like, guys, drunk. let's focus on the bright side here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the bard's just drinking. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys. <gasps> this is actually, I think, the same dynamic, more or less, as um, Edda's group had Pretty after much. their failed attempt. Yeah, toxic. It's okay to fail. We all make mistakes. Yeah. You know, regroup, communicate what it is that maybe you can do better next time, and then uh, hit it again. 
Yeah. Boom. Hit it. These guys are not named. They're just like perturbed conjurer or some mm-hmm. or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They have no character names. I don't think we've seen them before. Nope. Okay. So we head past them to uh, De Persia. Yeah, De Persia. And they say, welcome, seasoned Sestasha-er. Mm-hmm. Go on inside. Okay. Those jokers didn't last for two minutes. That's what she said. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Ayo. <laughs> and we enter into Sestasha Hard. It looks very much the same, except there is a flamingo, flamingo parrot. That's like, get out of my cave. This is the same parrot, I'm pretty sure, as the one that was buddying up with the captain in the first version. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the Iago of the Sestasha. Exactly. This is super deja vu. It looks just the same as the first entryway, but this area is slightly different, actually. Yes, the map is different. Just in terms of the the entry layout, yes. you're on this like narrow stone catwalk. Catwalk, and you're in a cave that's full of these luminescent corals, and there's pits to your left and right. It looks just like your um, normal Sestasha entry, but there are some subtle differences here. Indeed, we run into some sea life as the first enemy pack, but then afterwards, immediately, we run into some new enemies, at least for our podcast playthrough, which are drowned pirates. And we talked about this during the run, too. It's not 100% clear, but it's my thinking that these are not actually undead, even though they do look like someone drowned a guy that made them into a zombie. Because what we learn is that they are overexposed to the tempering effects of Leviathan, who is the primal that the Sahagin worship. So I, I'm thinking that they just got like way too overexposed to his corrupting aether. Yeah. And they gained these like semi-aquatic qualities almost. So they're they're zombified by being enthralled. Yeah. Which is is not the same as being undead. So they're taking on the appearance of obviously this is like water aspected ether and then they're 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 literally drowning in it. So they are they behave like zombies because they no longer have control of their own faculties and um they are, you know, they're bloated, they're waterlogged, they're all these things. And there is one enemy type here that got huge with this tempering. It's like a double high creature, bigger than like a Roganin. Yeah. Which one is that? I, I don't recall. It's They're all like drowned something. Drowned oh, okay. bosun, drowned yeah, yeah. powder monkey, whatever. Powder monkey. It's a Yeah, pir- no, no okay. I saw that, yeah. Just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it's, not making it's just, shit up. I, I, had a, I had a, you know, I did a bit of a double take when I read that. And like, That's our first hint that something is amiss here in Sestasha. The next room looks a lot like the second room in the old Sestasha, a big water-filled chamber that's full of corals. But unlike the last one, we don't descend onto the corals. We walk along a stone platform on the side and run into a drainage pump. We can turn the lever, and when we do so, the water level drops like 20 feet. Yeah, it's it, we pulled the plug. It's really cool. I think it's a very cool visual effect. Definitely. If you have not been there beforehand, you're not expecting it. And to see, whoa, suddenly like the entire like, room ooh. just transformed. It's Hello. pretty cool. Yeah. 
Then there's a giant scorpion thing waiting for us under the under the sea. <laughs> yes, this is Carlobos. This enemy type is a pain in the butt, especially in deep dungeons because of their tail screw maneuver. It's it's like a, a lobster scorpion type enemy. Mm-hmm. The main mechanic for this guy, this is a, a fight for the healer to pay attention. If your healer knows what's up, you're going to be fine. If they don't, then you're going to wipe. Because what he does is drop like these slime balls on players, which are unavoidable. And it calls a debuff. It's called slime. It's a dot, a damage over time effect, essentially. But your healer has to cure it with Asuna. Because after he does the slime, he will do something called tail screw, which takes the target down to 1% other hit points. No matter what, you can have all the mid, all the healing, all the shields, wherever the fuck in the world, mm. it takes you down to 1%. And if you have the dot on you, it will tick and kill you no way around it. Damn. So if the healer has cured it, fantastic. If not, then goodbye. And I will say, Jen, after having healed this, that when he does like the, the triple bloop on players, so three people get Asunid, and yeah. then you have the min eye level auto attacks going on the tank, there is very little margin for getting those debuffs off players and keeping the tank alive before he casts Tail Screw. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. If we can master that, then we're good. We have slain Carlobos. We are now walking on the bottom of this formerly submerged the ocean cave. Floor. It's not the ocean, Jen. We're it's in the a, ocean. It's ocean water, but... It's part of the ocean. Oh my fucking God. Whatever. Moving on. Um, and out of this like wet, sandy bottom come anglerfish, which pop out of the muck and attack you. And then you got crabs. Cave crabs. <laughs> okay, I remember those. Yes. In the next room... We get a new enemy type for us, Lamias. They are called drowning wenches by the game. They are snake ladies with humanoid torsos. Oh, yeah. And when we attack them, they yell, don't look at me, which I infer these were like regular ladies that got transformed by tempering. (laughs) And because they're ladies, they're self-conscious. Regular ladies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, they yeah, they, they yeah. do communicate that they are horrified by their uh, transformed appearance. Jesus Christ. Past the ladies, we go through a metal gate and then a wooden door and reach a crate and barrel filled area. A wide wooden platform stands in the middle of all these supply laden shelves. It looks kind of like a fighting ring. Yeah, this is where all the uh, winches were kept in the previous version the general area yeah this is like the main hangout spot we come face to face with a blast from the past captain madison himself looks a little different these days he's bulked up he got a bit swole and he got some tentacle face going on sure a few tentacles added to his his beard yeah and a big old uh what is that like an octopus like the mantle yeah yeah yep he's got a fat mantle so he's very tall. Last time we met Madison, we chased him all throughout Sestasha. Then we cornered him in like the final cove. We thought we were going to fight him, but the Sahagan kind of overlord said like, fuck you, Madison, you're a chump. You're out of here. Yeah. Took him out. And then we fought the Sahagan instead. Yeah. This seems to be his punishment for his failure. He and all his pirate buddies got all fucked up. On Leviathan yeah. Juice. No, it's it's like the um the pit of despair in the Princess Bride. So he he after after they quote unquote killed him the first time, 
They strapped him back into the machine and turned it all the way up to 50. You thought two was bad. How about 50? This place really has fun with the evolution of the dungeon. Here's all these twists on the the last one. It talks very much to the old Sustasha. And it makes total sense. Yep. So this is a very different fight, though, than the first one. Boy, is it. Like the normal Madison fight, he has ads, but there are tons of ads. That's the main mechanic. Madison himself is not too tough. He'll shoot at you, but he'll miss a lot. Yeah. And then he will mark a player and charge them and do like a cleaving swipe on them. Not a big deal. And then there's the ads. So at the start of the fight, it's pretty easy. You just, you you fight a few guys, you fight him, you keep your damage up, and then you, you don't stack together for his cutlass swipes, whatever. But towards the back end of the fight is when it gets pretty tough. He starts calling in his pirate buddies in mass. And they will all pile in into the fight, drop all these ground telegraphs and one enemy type, which are called pirate slaves or something, but they will grab onto players and not let go until you kill them. So you will be stuck and like get dumped on by AOEs while this thing is grabbing onto you. Yes, it's pretty interesting. Um, But once you get him low enough, he runs away like the chump as he is. Again. Again, we mop up the ads and the fight's over. We follow him into the same final room as the old Sustasha. That big open cove with ships in the water in the background. It's, again, like a really fun remix of the last version because all the normal pirates here are now the super drowned pirates. So (laughs) it's like the same thing as before, but amped up. We fight through them. We get outside the boss arena and his first mate... Hairstrim throws himself at us. He calls in hordes of drowned pirates to take us out. At first, a few ads join in, but when he gets low, he's like, bring him in, boys, and a horde of pirates will rush you. Like 20 fucking pirates. You're like, what? They, they go down pretty easily. They though. go down easy. It's more of like a mental thing than it is like. <laughs> so many. These are the powder monkeys. And then, doesn't. Yep. And then we take him out, and we finally, finally have Madison cornered. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, got him, got him. Uh, except what he decides to do is um, release the Kraken. He releases the Kraken. He calls the Kraken. The Kraken shows up. The Kraken immediately bitch slaps Captain Madison into the middle of the sea and bitch slaps his little uh, parrot flamingo. And now we're fighting the Kraken. Colibri. Colibri, yes. The parrot slap, this is, it feels to me like a... Hildebrand nod with mm. the sound effect and also mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. makes like a little wing starburst yeah, in the distance yeah. when it gets slapped into the horizon. It's pretty cute. Yeah, it, it's very fun. And then it's Kraken time. The only change to the arena is that the like the wooden floor gates, whatever, um, are gone. And now there are these big holes in the rock instead. And the Kraken is in the water itself and it sticks its tentacles out through the holes and harasses you. There are several ways to tackle this thing. Um, What we did pretty much was like a lot of whack-a-mole on the tentacles, even though I think that you can get away with doing far less um, actual tentacle attacks, uh, because every tentacle is an individual target you can go for. And then while the tentacles are whapping you and grabbing you, the boss will also attack you and do like big ink sprays. The ink causes blindness. You can cure the blindness, whatever. When a tentacle grabs you, you will be like picked up bodily for a short time, then flung around. You'll be flung into the ink spray. 
he has both tentacles and arms, as in like different enemy types. The arms are a tougher version of the tentacle, pretty much. I I was only picked up by the um the hooked ones. The hooked, yeah, yeah, the, the barbed tentacles, and not the the ones that aren't barbed. Yeah, I, I think that the tentacles pick you up, and then the arms will like slam down slap in like an, a line. Yeah. So you can kill them, or you can kill some, and then hide. Uh, pretty much, this is kind of like an attrition type fight in a way. Yeah. Just try and, and manage all the threats, and try not to die, and uh, kill the arms as needed. Yeah. Once we do so, the kraken is slain. When we leave the dungeon, the same group of grouchy adventurers is still outside the dungeon. Now they're kind of mad at each other and mad at us too. Except for like the one thaumaturge who's like, good job, guys. Reasonable, yes. We go back to Aleport to report our completion, and Rainer and the Yellow Jackets come out to say what's up to us. They drag the body of one of the drowned out for inspection on the streets of Aleport. Maybe not the best idea, but whatever. I don't know. I feel like denizens of Aleport have seen some shit. Also true. Like, whatever. Probably. We are joined, though, by Siana, who is the um, the grad student from the Isles of Umbra quest. Yeah. And she comes down to like say, ooh, that's weird. And she tells us about her theory that these guys were warped by being over-tempered by Leviathan. Mm-hmm. So just like we saw with the Amalja and the overtempering there, we're seeing more effects of this prolonged exposure to primals. It's rough. They speculate that this was the punishment for the pirates that failed the Sahagin the first time around. Yeah, like, like oh, clearly we didn't thrall you enough. We're going to thrall you some more. And that they did. Still didn't work. And that's Sestasha Hardgen. We're going to change our climate a bit now and head to Thanalan to Copperbell Hard. <laughs> yeah, those pesky giants, they just won't knock it off. They uh, still want to, like, live autonomously, like, as a people. Like, what the fuck? The lead here is again from Mordona. This time, this is an Alamegan named Hugobert, who tells us that he, he's like a gladiator-looking Highlander. And he tells us that all is not well in Copperbell. The Stone Torches, the mercenary company that is employed to guard the mines, they have been focusing more on trying to keep this thing secret than actually solving the problem. Oh yeah, no, they're they're playing politics with this. I'm just like no, like everything's fine. Everything you've heard is just a rumor. Stop being weird, okay? The problem being those giants, the Hecatonkeries. Hecatonkers. Hecatonkers are back at it again, like Jin was saying. And he's like, please go there. I'm afraid of what will happen if they break out. That's it. He's like, uh, if they break out, it's bad news for me. So please go deal with them. I th- can't we just let them exist down there? God damn. I think that's all they want. They are angry as well. Justifiably. Oh, well, it's been centuries. So For those who have forgotten the story of Copperbell, the, the giants down here, the Hecatonkers, mm-hmm. uh, they were imprisoned with these mind control helmets to work for Sildi. Oh, of course. Right. It, it was yeah. either um, Sildi or Ulda. I don't recall offhand. Um, pretty much in ages past, this place was run by these Slave giants. Labor. And then the magic in the helmets faded. They wanted revenge, obviously. Yeah. Yes. And so the slave masters were like, fuck that, collapse the mines. And then people were like, oh, that's solved. Problem solved. They're fine. But the giants had to eat lizards and lichen and shit for centuries until 
Amagina and Sons open that shit back up again so they can get that sweet, sweet ore. And oops, the giants are still alive down there and they angry. So we accept the job from this fearful miner. I'm assuming he's a miner because he's he's concerned about giant attacks. Um, we head over to the mines directly in western Thanalan. And we go up to the guards outside the stone torches and say, hey, can we go in please and take care of these giants? At first, they say no. What Nothing- are you talking about? That's that's crazy. And we're like, no, but like for real, like we've been here before. We- There's a, a scream from a miner. It's like, you heard nothing? That wasn't a scream of a miner's head being ripped off by a giant <laughs> looking for vengeance. Also, I because it was a Rogaden we talked to, I thought his name was Stone Torch. Fair, yeah. except for... It, it is not. Yeah, that. But then the, the guard capitulates. He's like, okay, fine. We admit it. We thought we were cool. We turned our backs on them and they, they came out with a vengeance and now things are fucked to shit down there. Please, please solve this problem for us. Okay. So we do it because yeah. the wheels of industry must go on. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's a bad look is what I'll say. Yep. God, this is, this is so weird because it feels like it's rooted so much in... Like in archaic, even like by modern standards thinking, I don't know, maybe like 80s or, or like 90s ass RPGs where... This is like Conan the Barbarian shit. Yeah. Uh, like a subjugated people, like, yes, but uh, gems and ores, <laughs> there's problems. Yes, but they this did it again. They, they did a crime against humanity again. <laughs> it's not enough, like, like, sure, it's a video game, you know, but at the same time, like this, this on the face of it, doesn't matter how you slice it. This is wrong. Yeah. So there you go. But we got to get that quest done. We have to get the quest done. <laughs> so let's just do them. Those giants got to go back in their hole. It's something. Oh, God. Or at least communicate to them that they should stay in the hole. I don't know. Yes. Communicate with our swords and magic. <sighs> yep. So on our... And our bombs and our guns. <laughs> Um, on our podcast playthrough, this is the first time that we get to experience the hard mode dungeon music. Sestasha thankfully had a different track, but this is the repetitive ass, way too thumpy. What? I don't. I actually didn't even notice. But this same soundtrack gets used for a lot of hard mode dungeons, and Weird. it is super repetitive and super just. No. Does not mesh with the feel of where you are. All right. It kind of works for Copper Bell, frankly, because this place is like kind of like a hellhole going on down here of our own making. But um, for others where it appears, it feels very kind of out of context. Copper Bell, more than Sestasha, uses the same areas as before. It just kind of redoes them. We do deviate from the critical path once during this process, but for the most part, we are going back over the same path as before um, that's just been adjusted. So we come into the first room, we fight a couple of goblins, but unlike beforehand, they don't die and drop us a key. Instead, a Hecatonker comes bursting through the metal doors that lead onto the rest of the mine. Yeah, so they up here. 
And on min eye level, these guys auto attack for tons of damage. They will two shot a non tank and like four shot a tank. It's a lot. <laughs> Shit. Yep. Uh, again, not like tank busters, just auto attacks. Great. These guys also, as a reminder, these are the red skinned bulky giants that are still wearing their now defunct slave helmets. Right. So we press on for a while. Um, we fight the same shit as before for the most part, except now there are these like stone barriers that block our path and hanging down from the ceiling. This is like the big open chasm room hanging down from the ceiling are these metal cage like elevators. Yeah. And in them, there are spriggans that will throw magic bolts at us while we are having to fight through these barricades. These little jerks. They're everywhere. They're like they're they're flanking the track, and they're just like, bzz, 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 bzz. like come, come at me, bro. <laughs> but then, but then they come at you. They leave their little boxes and they chase after you. So I thought that was, uh, that was great. You know, I had I had some respect for them. You probably didn't see them, Jen, because things are pretty hectic in there. But um, we get a hint at the second boss now. There is an untargetable Spriggan who is hugging his ore chunk Aww. named Biggie. <gasps> and he will yell at you, mine, all mine, um, covening his ore chunk. And he, yeah. he skitters away into the dungeon. We will see him again soon. I did miss that. It's hard to see amongst everything else going on. But he's there. He hints at the next boss. And I do enjoy whenever this game likes to kind of foreshadow it's not even foreshadowing. It's just like showing you. Well, it's, yeah, it's just, it's like adding a little, a little extra something. Yeah. We love a little, uh, uh, you know, an NPC. Also, a Spriggan named Biggie is the best. <laughs> That's your tattoo. He's got a big heart. For treasure. At this point, we leave the normal dungeon path and head into another tall room with like a wooden catwalk in the middle elevation. A very narrow catwalk. And here is our first boss the Hecatonker Mastermind. This is a tough fight. I have two times during this fight in my recent memory. Once was when I was trying to get my squadron to completion, trying to do every dungeon once with them. And this is a nightmare when you're trying to control oh, three fucking idiot NPCs. Oh my god, why would you? I never had to do this. You did not have to do this. You don't have to, but there are some squadron-related perks that you can get by doing their missions, and I did them. Sucks to be me. Okay. Blech. Yeah, because I mean you have to you have to babysit where they are. Yes, it sucks. What a nightmare. It was. In this run too, the shit does a lot of damage and there's a lot going on. Yes. So this fight It, it took us a couple tries to yep. to get it. It's good. This fight has a lot going on, as mentioned. The mastermind will once in a while he will drop a circle AoE on himself, and where this hits, he will flood the catwalk with fire. And you got to get out of this ASAP. Don't stand in there. Don't stand in there. Don't do it. It'll burn you up. <laughs> so he keeps on taking away the available arena space by burning up more of the catwalk, forcing you down the, the catwalk along the cliffside. Yes. And that, that that's what took us a bit to, to figure out. It's like you, don't, you can't just like let them all congregate in one spot and then you just kind of like hang out there. You do have to move forward along the walkway. I think he does cleaving attacks too, which is very hard yes. to deal with because there's no room to actually maneuver there. So it's hard to not be in front of him yeah. as a non-tank. Yeah, yeah, nowhere to go. But yeah. So that's one issue already. There are a bunch of ads too. There are these like little slime guys, which are easy enough. 
But then these bombs come out called flambeaux, and they will do a huge self-destruct with a long cast bar. Mm-hmm. And you got to burn those guys. Mm-hmm. And then out comes the, the chungus as like a, a pack of hecatonkers will march down the walkway and they will just vomit telegraphs at you everywhere so you got telegraphs from the flambeaux you got telegraphs from the boss with his fireballs Mm -hmm. and there is nowhere to stand that's safe it's a mess it is a mess visually and mechanically so it really makes you have to like calm down always whenever shit is crazy just you got to calm down and pick out the chaos because that's how you deal with it yeah don't be by the boss don't be near the cleaves of the hecatonkers do kill the flambeau and also don't be freaked out by the flambeau's room-wide telegraph it is a long cast bar yeah. you can kill just it just get after him get a- yeah it's it's doable for yep. sure so we do that and then we press on we see biggie again here hmm. he's holding his ore chunk and he's like you don't touch no touch my ore Aww. and he jumps down a broken elevator shaft and we give chase. Ah, okay. So the elevator here is down. We, we just hop down to the bottom and we find some trapped miners down here. This is kind of cool, actually, um, to see some like support NPCs. <laughs> and again, so the, our path forward here is blocked. We have another pile of, of rocks. So um, our friends, our trapped friends, immediately get to work on clearing out the rubble. And at the same time, we are getting bombarded constantly by Hecatonkers coming out of the fucking walls. And so you have to just deal with wave after wave after wave of these guys uh, and and trying to wear down the pile of crushed rocks so you can move on. Kind of like a, a wave fight in a sense. Oh, briefly. for sure. Yeah. Because like, they will yeah, keep we, spawning until, until you... you get rid of those rocks. Yeah. And then we're on to the next boss, Gog Magalum. This is a rock golem with a spriggan for a head. <laughs> the spriggan is Biggie. Yep. He's got a new suit. And he starts yelling as we enter the fight that he is big and strong. He is. This is a nod to the now disappeared fight two of Copper Bell. Because the old versions, like the normal Copper Bell fight two, was the slime where you had to lure it on top of like these explosives, then press the plunger and blow it up. And then that was what would hurt the slime. You couldn't hurt it normal style. This is a evolution of that fight. You cannot hurt Biggie's Golem very well without doing the mechanic. If you do this unsynced, you can get past his damage resistance and you can just kind of brute force it. But if you're synced, then um, you have to do the mechanic or it's going to be pretty hard for you. Mm-hmm. Also, another very chaotic fight. Uh, what you do here is that you will press a plunger on a like a, a demolition device and it will drop a bomb. A player needs to pick up the bomb, drop it near Biggie, it explodes, and hurts the golem. That's how you damage the golem. However, it's not so easy. A lot goes on here. There are flame sprites that will spawn that do a lot of damage. They're fragile, but they hurt a lot, so burn those. Yes. There are also untargetable black bombs like black bomb enemies that will just explode they, they just yeah it's this is they just create aoes yep. so you have to move move into an open spot biggie randomly just does this huge aoe around him with like no lead up time <laughs> so if you're near him then you're gonna get hurt yeah once we survive all that and then we bomb down the golem body then biggie pops out of it and we fight biggie directly he tells us now that he's got a big heart even though he's small 
huge bomb enemies now start spawning into the arena when Biggie has come out of his golem suit. Mm-hmm. It's like a DPS check in a way, a DPS race to kill Biggie before these things take you out. Yeah. He dies and he tells us that he's too young to die. This is fucked up, man. You know what, Biggie? I think you're great. But then you kill him. And, he, and he's like, I'm too young to die. Like, I bet you are, dude. God damn it. No, we, we are the monsters here. Yes, absolutely. Now we get on to the main path of the normal dungeon. We are now entering into that waterfall, water-filled purple rock chamber and fighting through um, some more hecatonkers and slimes and so on until we reach the final boss chamber. This is that same as before, big arena with the sandy center. And in the distance, there's that massive metal door that's been ruptured open. Mm-hmm. However, someone has taken like a scythe to the rock formations around the arena and cleave them down because there are now a bunch of little stumps of the former stalagmites that had clustered around the arena beforehand. This is the last boss, Orbanos, who is a hecatonker who is wielding a big gilded hammer. This was a tough one as well for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. There's so much going on. Yep. The boss is not that hard by himself. He will do cleaving attacks, big surprise, and then like throw his hammer at people on occasion. Nah. Yeah, whatever. Nah. He also brings in adds smaller hecatonkers too. Yes, friends. The friends suck. They are very sticky too. They do not want to aggro on the tank, even if you try. No, 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 no. They there's a a player will be targeted, and that is all they care about. Yep. So you know that you're gonna have to fucking deal with this guy. And he's not going to, he's, aggro means nothing. (laughs) That's hard, but manageable. On top of that, though, there's the sandworm. (laughs) So remember um, Cutter's Cry? Yes. (laughs) It's the same guy. So he's going to like drill underground and this will hurt if you're in its path, just like it does. If you stand in his path and like, don't leave this thing will burn you down from so full fast. to nothing. So fast. Yes. At like two hits, you're done. Yep. Um, so, okay, don't get hit. And this is a... This, this guy is submerged in the sand pit. So you will see puffs of sand where it's digging. It's it's burrowing towards you. Yeah. Um, and it'll pop up with a message saying it's looking for fodder. Um, so this mechanic, when that message appears and you're running around the arena trying to avoid this fucking guy... Uh, there will be sparkly crystalline mounds around the arena. You will have to go, grab one, go to the sandy arena, and drop it. And this is like bait for the worm. And then they'll go towards that and eat it, and it'll stop for a hot second. If you don't feed the worm, it will get pissed off, and it will do a massive room-wide area of attack that you cannot dodge. It's like a, it's like a, uh, it's a whirlpool. Yeah, like Just a like sand whirlpool, like in Cutter's Cry. And this hurts for a ton. You'll, you'll probably die. Yes. Yeah. This killed me three times. And also the timing is super finicky. Like if they were to like redo this dungeon, they would need to have the, the fodder message be more visible, have something else that makes it more obvious. Like it's, it's like Orem Vale, I think did this correctly. Where they have the more ball fruits, they're everywhere, they're like 10 feet away instead uh-huh. of 50 feet away, or sorry, yams. And if, so yeah, if you do not coordinate with your teammates and multiple people are going out to grab these rocks, you're fucked because you need to save some for later. And 
So if you don't have any to use, then the Samurai gets mad, he creates the whirlpool, everybody's dead, start over. So you have to make sure that, okay, worm wants fodder, one person go get the thing, drop the thing, great. And then the next time, so you just got to make sure you're meeting it out appropriately. There's like three, two, maybe? I There's like, I think like three two spawn or at a time? Three or four of them, period. Yes. So that's why you have to be very judicious with their use. Yeah. You can't have, you need to communicate with your team. Like, I'm going to go get rocks. I am the rock person. Done. Just put that in chat. Um, and on our winning poll, we had not grabbed the rock in time. So it did the whirlpool. It killed both oh, DPS. We were at like 6%. I and the tank finished off. At the very end, he pulls in tons of ads. So he's like, come on in, boys. And all these hecatonkers come on in um, to, to beat you up. And so we are DPS racing the boss. Mm-hmm. And like we both clear the fight with like a sliver of our health remaining. Ooh. Good close win there. <laughs> Oh, this guy, he is the, I think the father of, yeah, Um. so he yells that we killed his son. Oh, no. So I'm pretty sure that the last boss of Normal Copper yeah. Bell is his son. Yeah. So uh, we killed the son before, now we kill the father. Oh, I mean, ugh. okay, let's move past. This is awful. Yeah, okay. This is awful. And that's it. There's no wrap up to Copper Bell Hard. We kill the giants Good job, everyone. We leave. We mine again. We memory hole that whole traumatic experience for Correct. everyone involved. We didn't talk about Copper Bell. That concludes the coverage, Jen. Um, it was super great. When it's like it's great because we're all we're all experienced players, and this threw us all for a loop. Um, Rita did have some really uh, good insights. She she remembered um, some of the the finer points of these battles. Um, and that was very helpful. And, uh, and at the end, we were all just hanging out in Aleport, as you do. I found some Lollafells that were shorter than me. Amazing. Um, and then we all just like like put on different glams. We're like, hey, check me out. I'm a monk. Hey, check me out. I'm a white mage. And then... Um, you know, just, just kind of general chit chat about the game and what we think is going to happen in the future and stuff like that. And it was, um, it was, uh, it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised by how much story there was to Sestasha Hard. That postscript caught me off guard. Normally yeah, it's like, like, what are we, what? For the side dungeons, <laughs> it's, it's often just like, good job, you done it. All right, moving on. Yeah, nobody but cares. This, this one, the detail with those adventurers being a callback to the, um, the first time in there. And then the, hey, let's all get together and bring in this other character from this, like, way back Hey, remember story. Sienna? Yeah. Exactly. That was very cool. I think this was a very well done homage to the original Sestasha. Absolutely. Which is great because that's our very first dungeon. I think I think that's, that's I hope that's why. But it also is um, a kind of a nice lead up to, you know, our future interactions with Leviathan and all that shit. And then Copper Bell. Ugh, God. So sad. I wish that they had been like overtaken by Void Scent or something, and then we were fighting Void Scent. I mean, I I would love it to be just make it something different. Don't don't go back to the past. Don't this double time. down. Yeah, on exactly. God, it was just horrifying. And I, I there was just there was a very recent post on the subreddit where like, hey guys, is anybody talking about how problematic Copper Bell is? And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not talked about. It's really bad. I don't know, maybe enough public pressure, they'll actually go back and just like change up that narrative a bit. You you can't not do it. 
know. for the MSQ, which is fucked up. But you don't ha- you don't have to go and double down on your crimes at least. Right, at least okay, like that. We have chosen to go back in there and then to repeat. I know, <laughs> like we we went in there the first time, and that would should have been like, oh no, this is this is bad. And like I understand, like I'm a new adventurer. I'm just trying to get work here. And I maybe didn't know the whole story about Copper Bill, and it it does inform like the general level of of uh, capitalistic greed and corruption that is pervasive in Ulda. So I think narratively that's appropriate, but still. And then and then we got to do it again, and then and then we're like murder. We're annihilating a whole fucking family. What the fuck? <laughs> this poor man lost his son. He has to come out of retirement to try to like avenge his child and oh oh it's the worst um anyway though uh ignoring the morality of the dungeon is very fun the first fight is a lot of fun it keeps it very frantic the second fight's kind of janky with the uh, bomb mechanics i, 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 I was kind of bummed that they still did that because i was like i don't like it it's it's more to do than the first fight the first fight before they revised oh it oh my god like it was literally like okay all three of you do nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what? So now everyone is engaged. Yeah, they like they literally gave everybody something to do. Now yep. they've got ads, so somebody's got to focus on focus on that shit. Someone's got to do a bomb. Someone's got to kite the thing. Someone's got to do whatever. Spam heels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, that that's still good, even though it's a bit janky. It's definitely a better version of the the first fight, um, yes. where you're not forced to be sidelined to do it correctly. Also, biggie. Also, biggie. Any other comments, Jen? No. Okay, great. Uh, so next time we are starting our white magic series. The first episode, we'll talk about the history of white magic in Eorzea, and we will be visiting the place where it happened, the lost city of Amdapur. And that will do it for today's episode. Uh, thank you guys again so much for listening. We appreciate you. If you uh, want to talk to your fellow listeners, you can, because we have a Discord now. Uh, check the show notes. Get on up in there. Or you can email us at podreturnffxiv at gmail.com. And with that, uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode. And thanks again to uh, Kathy and Rena. And have a good day or night, and we will see you next time.